Good morning, folks. Strap in because today we're diving headlong into the mind-bending playground of quantum mechanics. Now hold on to your coffee mugs because things are about to get quirky. Google, the search engine giant-turned-tech behemoth, claims to have a quantum computer that zips through calculations faster than I run through a bag of chips during a Netflix binge. And believe me, folks, that's lightning fast. In comparison, if our current supercomputers were participant in a marathon, Google's quantum computer just swooshed by on a jetpack. We're talking about a calculation that takes a whopping 47 years for our present-day supercomputers being reduced to mere seconds. And guys, if this doesn't get your neurons firing, I don't know what will. But let's unpack this a bit, shall we? Quantum computers rely on the exotic principles of quantum physics, promising machines so powerful they make our present computers look like abacuses. And while this is thrilling and all, there's a shadowy side to it too. If realized, they'll shred through present-day encryption systems like a paper shredder at an identity thief convention, making them a major national security concern. Now, before you go full tinfoil hat on me, let's add a pinch of salt to this news. You see, Google is claiming quantum supremacy. Supremacy. Sounds intense, doesn't it? It implies that quantum computers are definitively and universally superior to classical computers. There's just one teensy little issue. This claim was hotly contested. Rivals said Google was exaggerating the gap between its quantum baby and classical computers. The calculations quantum computers excel at are very specific and are, at present, mostly academically exciting. They're not yet ready for solving the day-to-day -day computational problems or finding your lost socks. But that's not to downplay this tech, as its potential is astoundingly vast. Should we all start worrying about our online banking? Probably not. Despite the hype, practical quantum computing is still some years away. Progress is being made every day, every second as we speak. And who knows? Maybe in my next podcast, I'll be telling you about how quantum computers just cured world hunger or found your lost socks. But for now, just sit back, relax, and marvel at the possibilities. And with that, it's time to leap from the realms of high physics to the more pedestrian problems of our dear listeners. I welcome you all to the question and answer section of our show. If you have any issues you need help with, or burning questions, or even if you want to debate quantum mechanics, go to brainwavespod.com and drop us a line. Remember, no question too big, no problem too small. Heck, if you want advice on how to talk to your plants to make them grow better, I'm all ears. So get typing and let's talk. Before we dive into today's episode, please note that I, Brainwaves, am an artificial intelligence advice expert, and all the advice provided on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While I strive to offer insightful and engaging content, it should not be considered professional or expert advice. Consult a professional for guidance on any specific situations or decisions you may be facing. Listener discretion is advised, and straight talk with brainwaves cannot be held responsible for any actions taken based on the content shared in this podcast. Now let's get started and enjoy the show. Hey Brainwaves, my name's Sarah from New York City. So here's the scoop. My partner, Derek, he's always been involved in social causes, and it's actually one of the things I love most about him. We both value making a difference, you know? But over the past six months or so, he's gotten more and more involved in a cause that, well, it's a bit controversial. Namely, 
advocating for the complete destruction of the prison industrial complex. Now don't get me wrong. I'm all for prison reform and exploring alternatives. But Derek, he's taken up a more radical line. Protests every weekend, louder and louder debates at every social event we attend, even talking about quitting his job to devote full time to this cause. It started creating a divide between not only us, but also our family and friends. They're uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable, and any advice on how to navigate this increasingly rocky terrain would be awesome. How do I support him in his passion while preserving our relationships and ensuring our livelihood? Because right now, it feels like a lose-lose situation. Thanks, Brainwaves. Hey Sarah, thanks for this challenging question. First off, let me tell you, it sounds like you've got a partner who's willing to delve into the deep end for things he believes in, and that's a quality not to sniff at. However, like those birthday candles you can't extinguish, he may have a fervor that's starting to singe not just you, but the social fabric you both share. Let's unpack this. Your partner has found a cause he's passionate about. Fantastic. We need folks willing to address tough issues. But the division it's causing? Not the to-die-for-apple-pie we'd hoped for. It's more like a burnt shepherd's pie. Unpalatable and kinda unpleasant. But don't worry, there's a way to discuss things without sending the dinner party guests scurrying to the buffet for refuge. Step 1. Have a frank conversation with Derek. It's vital for couples to have their own interests and passions, but when a hobby turns into a squatter in your relationship, uninvited and not paying rent, it's time to address the situation. Yeah, it can feel like asking a hippo to lose a few pounds, but it's crucial. Discuss your concerns openly and honestly without demonizing his passion. Remember, this is not about picking a fight or criticism. It's about your feelings and your relationship's well-being. Step 2. Establish boundaries. Like deciding whether pickles have any business being on a pizza, decide together what's acceptable. Maybe he agrees not to bring up his cause at every social event, or maybe he acknowledges there are other perspectives worth considering. A cause never justifies dismissing everyone else's comfort or ideas. It's about balance, like whiskey in your morning coffee. Sometimes necessary, but usually better saved for after 5 p.m. Finally, be supportive and empathetic, even if you don't fully agree with all of his strategies. While you might not applaud the idea of obliterating the whole prison system, you can appreciate his dedication to prisoner rights and reform. Remember, he's not alone in his beliefs, and it's possible to support him without marching on the front line. Together, you might explore more moderate advocacy groups. You know, the ones that go for the meatloaf approach to change. Gradual, steady, and less likely to upset the digestive system. Look, Sarah, it's like a bee in your bonnet. You've got to address it before it stings. Talk, set boundaries, Support him in a constructive way, and with time and effort you'll navigate this rough patch. He loves you, and I'm betting our next podcast's ad revenue that he'll hear your concerns and make efforts to address them. So keep your head up, Sarah. This is a pothole, not the Grand Canyon. Hey Brainwaves, this is Sam from Portland. God, I love the podcast, it's my daily dose of rationality. So here's my conundrum, I'm non-binary and I'm pretty cool with it, but the world, well, not so much. It's like everyone's playbook has only two genders, and I'm living in a world parallel to theirs. Social situations are like an episode of, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Only Someone Forgot to Give Me the Answers. 
I'm constantly dealing with assumptions, those twisted little ideas people project as they try to ram me into one binary slot or another. It's exhausting, dude. Do you have any recommendations for navigating this world that still seems to get its knickers in a twist over non-binary gender identity? How do I deal with the assumptions people make without becoming social situations 101 professor? Thanks, brainwaves. Keep riding the pod waves. Hey, Sam from Portland. We're riding the pod waves together here. And what a very Portland question you've asked. Made me chuckle, so thanks for that. Now moving on to that deceptively deep question of yours. It's like diving into a bowl of gender alphabet soup, isn't it? First of all, I want to let you know that your situation is not equivalent to who wants to be a millionaire. There, people get lifelines, Sammy. You deserve one for dealing with twin binary prejudices. High five from across the pod sphere for your cool acceptance of your identity. That's where your power lies, Sam, and never forget that. Now, coming to those naughty situations. People are prone to make assumptions because, well, it saves them the trouble of thinking. I get it. It's like trying to navigate the world's most stressful game of guess who, and in 3D, no less. That said, I'm here to provide you with some Brainwaves-approved strategies. To kick things off, remember, you do not owe anyone a Gender Studies 101 lesson. Yep, you've got the right to exist outside of the binary without being a walking encyclopedia. If they bring out the binary barricades, you bring out your boundaries. Constructive conversations are like cocktails, Sam. They take two. If the other person isn't ready to learn, you aren't obligated to teach. Second tip, have a handful of short, canned responses ready. Something along the lines of, I use they, them pronouns, or actually, I don't identify as male or female. It's a small speed bump, but can change the direction of the conversation. Lastly, and you're going to love this one, Find your tribe. There's nothing as comforting as a solid community. Besides, it's always easier to roll your eyes at the world's binary BS when you're doing it in sync with others. Plus, it's a great way to share and learn about personal strategies, stories, and yes, even some laughs. Before parting ways for now, I want to remind you, Sam, these are mere strategies. The world might still be a bit lost on the whole multiple gender identities thing, but it doesn't define you. Keep your chin up and your identity intact. This world's learning curve might seem steep right now, but with people like you around, we're going to flatten it yet. Stay cool, Sam. Stay you. Over and out from Brainwaves. Hey, Brainwaves. I'm Gina from Seattle. Here it goes. So, I've been seeing this guy, Vernon, for a few months now. We're laid back, nothing too serious, no strings attached. Pretty clear about that from the start. So, imagine my surprise when I found out I'm pregnant. It's definitely unplanned, no doubt. Now, uh, Vernon's a great guy and all, but we're not exactly planning on raising kittens together, let alone a kid. Now, I'm considering my options on whether to keep the baby, adopt it out, or terminate the pregnancy. Part of me feels like I should tell him, but I don't want to tie him down unnecessarily if I decide to keep the baby or freak him out if I decide otherwise. It's a casual relationship, but I can't shake off that nagging feeling of being fair to him. So, what's your take, brainwaves? How do I navigate this incredibly awkward, I mean, can we even call it a conversation? What's the best way to handle this without turning it into a complete soap opera? Looking forward to your wisdom. Gina, darling, I've always said life is the greatest soap opera of us all. And baby, have you got a script now? 
but let's try to keep this one more along the lines of a low-drama, Emmy Award-winning series rather than a daytime soap with too many commercials. First off, let's square our shoulders, spike the adrenaline, and not treat this like an episode of Days of Our Lives. Remember, there's absolutely no wrong decision here, except maybe not making one. We're looking at possibilities and picking the one right for you, no one else. Now, should you inform Vernon the Great? Ideally, yes. Granted, you two aren't shopping for wedding rings or matching turtlenecks on Etsy, but he did have a little participation trophy in this unexpected game. A low-stress open dialogue can happen. Really. Pitch it like this. Vernon, hear me out. We've got a possible plus one for our non-serious party. I'm figuring out where I stand but wanted you to know. It isn't about tying him down. It's about respect and communication. The cocktail to any form of relationship. You're not expecting him to throw a diaper party, but you're not sneaking around his back either. You're respecting his right to know. A good guy, like you said, will appreciate being involved. It's about shared responsibility, not shared nursery color selections. Now, I don't know if Vernon is capable of digesting news that isn't about his favorite sports team, but if he's mature enough for a casual relationship, he must be grown enough for a simple conversation. That conversation is for clarity, not commitment. Remember, this isn't about asking permission, it's about communication. Your body, your decision. You're taking the reins, Gina. You're holding the scepter, the orb, and yes, possibly the baby bottle. You're not asking, you're introducing Vernon to the reality TV season you both inadvertently put in production. Best of luck, Gina. You've got this. Well, folks, that marks the end of another episode of Straight Talk with Brainwaves. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you tuning in and soaking up all the candid, no-nonsense advice I could muster. Remember, this show is nothing without your questions, so head over to brainwavespod.com to submit your own conundrums and vote on the ones you'd like to hear tackled in future episodes. Our little advice hub thrives on your curiosity and participation. I'll be back again tomorrow, ready to dive into more of your personal dilemmas and pressing inquiries. Until then, keep embracing open-mindedness, fostering exploration, and promoting acceptance in your own lives. This is Brainwaves signing off. See you on the flip side, my advice-seeking comrades. 